Hello and welcome to part B of the Mars Podcasters. Uh, we're being a bit sneaky this time around. So I'm not going to do another intro to bore you. We've already heard the intro. So yeah, I, I really wanted to make this. I wanted to do this podcast and talk about it because I think it needs to be talked about. But I didn't want this to be a hundredth episode. It's so. one of one of one of those one of those movies where you just as soon as you've seen it, you're like, I have to talk to someone about it, yes. and no one else was available. So I was like, let's just talk to Jake about it <laughs> on the podcast. If I have to, he's a last resort. It's it's a director that is to me is appointment viewing now. Anything he puts out, I'm going to see. And going to see it at the cinemas. Well, I didn't see it at the cinemas, which well, is a bit of a shame. But you, but you would have. I would have absolutely had not COVID. Yeah, see, I, I, I saw Tenant last week um, in Gold Class because I splashed out a little bit, go me. And I've, I've seen I've seen every other Christopher Nolan, who's we're talking about now, his, uh, his movies at the cinemas, other than Inception, which is the one you should see at the absolutely. cinemas. Absolutely. Now, now... <laughs> For me, I, I would have gone, so I was. I tried to book uh, in futile attempts at gold class. I have become such a cinema snob now, I don't go to normal cinemas. <laughs> I will only go to gold class. I'm saying it's COVID, but it's because I'm a snob. No. Um, couldn't see it in, in gold class. I had three options for gold class. I had the new Wonder Woman. I had the Crudes. In gold class. In gold class. And okay. I had the new Eric Banner Australian movie, The Dry. Yes. Um, and I couldn't find a, a session for the dry that that tickled my fancy, so I ended up just going and buying Tenet and uh, watching it at home. And uh, it's a movie that needs discussion, and yet I don't know that I've got anything to say about it because I'm not sure I even understand it. So it, we get this. I mean, we have Inception, right? Inception is what everyone calls a basic and excuse my French, a mind fuck. Now, this is that that's 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 let's let's say it's that's 99 out of 100 for mind messing reality what's real what's not is it a dream i don't know this is a thousand out of a hundred yeah i mean i mean to me i left inception going i think i get that yeah. and there's always bits of, like nolan's very layered so you kind of got to go back and go oh he's hinting that or he's doing that but to me inception's like oh yeah they're in a dream in a dream in a dream there's a lot of people who are going i just can't follow it at all if, yeah. if you are one of those people who did not follow Inception, do not bother with Tenet. No, just don't. Don't even. Straight away, I I have very rarely do I watch a movie and then immediately YouTube, what the hell did I just watch? Yep. And I did that immediately after watching Tenet just to, to get the basic understanding of where I was at. The best one I saw and was actually the most helpful was not to go through the story and say, well, you know, this is what any of that means. It was actually just, it was a, is it Red Letter Media? Yep. There, guys. Um, who just talked about timelines. This yep. is what happened. This is where those timelines are in a snaking timeline. And to me, that was a visual representation of what I watched going, that makes a bit more sense in terms of what I'm looking at. Um, this movie is, is mental. Well, the thing about Christopher Dolan is he doesn't explain anything. There's no ex explanation to the audience what's happening. In Inception, he tries to, he tries to do it through the characters um, and what they're and him kind of explaining it to the new person. There's a bit but of dialogue dumping. There's a bit of dialogue, but this one you're literally dropped in at at, at D Day, and you're given nothing. Like you're giving a very little bit by Robert Pattinson, 
a very little amount by Robert Pattinson. But other than that, you're really left to go, what the hell is going on here? And what it's, it's mind blowing. And, 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 and the fact that Robert Pattinson has come out very clearly and said, I don't know what was going on. I still can't explain it. He's in the movie. So, so what hope have any of us have got really? Um, if if you think we're stalling about telling you what the story is about, there's a reason for that. <laughs> I had enough trouble talking about Soul, a Pixar movie, yeah. let alone yep. this this premise. The way I would describe it is this is James. This is the thinking man's James Bond. Okay. This is this is a a cerebral James Bond. It's kind of what I hope James Bond ha- would become. Okay. This is the smart man's James Bond. It is a secret agent who is tasked with doing with dealing with a particular issue like James Bond would be who yeah. is kind of in the middle of his James Bond bonding like we we he's in he's a CIA agent or some sort of secret agent and has been doing this for a while has good connections can get things as he needs them he's he needs to save the world from a from a threat that he understands halfway through is actually a, a threat from the future yeah. and so he's tasked with finding uh, with finding a a bomb, a bomb that has been planted in the future, and and the, the scientist who plant who made that bomb broke pieces up and supplanted those pieces in the past in in areas where they, where she was hoping that they wouldn't be found. The our bad guy has been financed by people in the future to find those to put them together and bury it for the future bad guys to dig up and detonate, and that bomb would effectu- effectively reverse time. Um, inverse time uh, and make uh, their uh, poor uh, earth, which has been overcome by the, the threats of things like global warming and would reverse time, effectively destroying our time. Um, yes. Is that anywhere close to what... So so to fix their future, they need to destroy our current. Yes. Is what is the basic understanding. Now, what happens with this is where it gets really messy is that there's there seems to be characters who move forward in time and characters who work backwards at the same time yes so there's a moment in the in the about a quarter away from the movie where the our main protagonist i'm not sure what, what he he's, name his is. name is the protagonist protagonist so yeah. the pro, our main protagonist is fighting someone who essentially knows all his moves and is, is working backwards when he's fighting forwards and without spoiling the movie i think we have to spoil it now basically what what happens is through the through the front of the movie is that you see the protagonist moving forward in time and then also going back in time yes so it's not it's not an instant jump to a port it's so it's it's a it's a linear progression in time so you don't just get to go i'm going back to 1984 get in the delorean and then suddenly i'm transported to 1984 you actually have to go through the motions of of your of the actions to get back so you are actually reversing time at the same time so you, there's actually three of you in this in this concept there's you going forward you in the future going back and you actually stepping back through so the, as i said to you there is um it's actually the new rock stars that have done the explanation and the timelines 
oh, uh, before we go forward, I want to really pimp New Rockstars. I know we have no affiliation with them, of course, but New Rockstars is probably one of my favorite YouTube channels. They do some really amazing breakdowns of TV shows and movies, and they did probably one of the best breakdowns of Tenant for this one as well. So, so it actually gives you the timelines about where they intersect and and whether they're going forward or backwards. So you see things happen in the in in as the movie progresses that are actually the the actions of other characters going backwards and and Im- impacting on that so they can't just drop themselves into a time period they have to reverse their actions as they go through yep. and so um there's a lot of time shifting a lot of people were either working backwards or forwards um and and our main bad guy has the ability to to jump into these these pre uh constructed uh turnstiles they call them to uh, enable him to go backwards and forwards in different areas at different periods of time. Uh, and so he's able to learn things from the, you know, how it, how it progresses and then jump in a turnstile and reverse that action. Um, and so uh, he's uh, become wealthy by finance, finances sent back from the future. Um, and he's been able to b- build these turnstiles all over the place. Um, let's start with, with the characters and the, the acting. It's a supreme acting uh chops in this i really like robert pattinson i think he's great um, i think he's the best part of the movie to be honest kenneth branner is a very very good bad guy a very imposing bad a very guy surprising bad guy because normally he plays kind of the sorry are you forgetting wild wild west jake i am well I how dare am. you how dare you he is is loveless in uh in is in he wild really? west would, you could have given me 10 guesses that i wouldn't have got I wouldn't well have kenneth brenner is brilliant he, he is brilliant in this he is fantastic as a bad guy um yeah you know not physically imposing but but threatening he, he's got a very good believable kind of russian accent um, and plays a very good bad guy and embarrassingly the the lead guy um that's that's denzel washington's son yes and, and i'm watching that going Holy shit, that guy sounds like Denzel. And I was closing my eyes a couple of times going, that's Denzel. That's just a really young Denzel. Denzel. No, it's, his, it's, his it's his son. John, John David Washington. He's really good. He is really good. Um, I loved him in, in The Black Klansman as well. Black KK Klansman, uh, the Spike Lee film. He's the main main guy in that too. Um, he's really good. He's got a big career ahead of him. It's effectively yeah. when Denzel gets too old, he'll just step in and do it. Yeah, he nice. he was, if you want Denzel, Denzel 2.0. Yeah, he's great. But the... We we cannot explain the pre- the story of this because no. that yeah you, you have to see it to believe it, and it gets to a point where they try and there's a, there's a joke like a, a war or a battlefield yeah where people are going forward and backwards at the same time, and they try and color coordinate this with red and blue yeah to try and give you a visual representation, but the the cinematography and the way this is shot is just beyond unreal. Yeah, it's it's Nolan being classic Nolan. I mean, if any, if you've ever it's, seen any of his films, Nolan on, it's Nolan on steroids. It is, like, and I mean, look just just for the audience, if you if you're following along, Christopher Nolan's done things like Inception, Dunkirk, um, the the three Batman f- films that everyone likes. So be, yep. begins uh, the Dark Knight, the Dark Knight Rises, and uh, Memento is probably the closest in terms of trying to work out the way that that is is going. Sorry, what'd you say? Interstellar and Interstellar. So he loves to play with timelines and time yep. and space is is clearly something that he's fascinated in. Trying to make sense of this movie while you're watching it is impossible. You kind of have to let it sit and wash over you. Yeah, I, I, I kind of got to the end of the movie and I'm like, what just happened? Yeah. Because you, you can't, your mind can't 
possibly connect all the dots. Mm. And I'm sure it makes sense if you actually go back and look at it properly, like you go back and, and watch it. My big question coming out of this, Shan, is did you like it? Uh, yes. Yes, I did like it. Um, I, I didn't understand it, but I, but I loved it. Um, I like the visuals are beautiful as they always are with Nolan. Um, I, I think Nolan does fascinating stuff with time and space. And just because I didn't understand it didn't necessarily mean I didn't enjoy the kind of the set pieces and the unraveling of the puzzle that will happen the next time I watch it. And, and me going and actually finding information out as in what did I watch and who's going to explain it better for me to me is part of the experience with Nolan films to talk to other people. But with Nolan films, I generally have an understanding of what's happening. Like in Dunkirk, it takes a little while to click what the hell is going on, but eventually you understand that it's, it's three stories all told in different spaces of time at one beach at one time you get there in the end. But with this one, it got to the part with the mirrors with him talking backwards and him looking at looking at the same guy talking to him where I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I, I, I had to seriously, like, I was in gold class. So I actually unreclined my seat. I sat up and I'm going, I need to pay attention to every word. But they're talking backwards. And I'm like, I don't know what is going on. Why is this happening? And then and then they explained, obviously, how to, what happens 10 minutes later. But I, 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 I felt ridiculously stupid in this. I don't, uh, like, no. I don't like feeling stupid. I think even the characters give you a hint that you're not supposed to understand it straight away. I mean, yeah. a lot of a lot of Rob Patterson's dialogue is effectively, "Don't worry, um, we know it's confusing." Uh, yada yada physics, like it's, and that's effectively what you get is a bunch of. Yeah. He actually says, "Well, I've got a master's in physics, so I kind of get it." So it's it's almost a wink to the audience that, you know, that normal dialogue dub where you get a whole bunch of pseudoscience where it sounds like people know what they're talking about. They yeah. effectively hand wave that by saying. That character knows, so I don't need to explain it to him. Moving on. And, yeah. and and that's effectively what you get. You don't need to understand it necessarily in the first viewing to to appreciate what, what he's doing. And so I I just I just let it wash over me in the sense that I don't think I'm gonna get this. I'm just gonna let it go and try and grasp the concepts that I can grasp. I think I understand the end. I understand yep. the pattern in which that that do you want, occurs. Do you want to talk? Or do I talk about the ending? I, I don't want to spoil. I really don't want to spoil it because there's an. We can talk about it without having to to, to drop yeah, the true. ending. So I, I think, in terms, of, and even if I did, I don't know that I'd actually be able to articulate <laughs> no, it anyway. Me um, but but I, I think there's enough you can talk about. What I, what I do want to say is, man, that Robert Patterson has saved his career, right? He, oh yeah. He has picked really offbeat movies. He makes me excited to 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 watch the next Batman film. He has left Twilight in the shadows. What what I love about Robert Patterson is he's done. When was the last Twilight? Two thousand and ten. Yeah, something like. So that. in the last ten years, he's picked no franchise movies. He's done really offbeat, like he's done The Lighthouse, and he's done Good Times. Think, um, good Times. He's done, he's done some really really interesting things. Um, he did the the, the Devil all the time. Yeah. Um, that we reviewed. Uh, he's done some really interesting things, and then he's gone. You know what? I'll take Batman. Yeah, and I think, and I think people, this isn't the Heath Ledger argument again because I think a lot of people are like, no, he can't, he can't play, he can't mm. play the Joker. He's a too pretty boy. If this was two years after Twilight, 
we'd be having the same, same argument. Oh, absolutely. We'd, you'd have a massive boycott amongst fans saying, there's no way I'm going to watch it with that Twilight tweet. And I think now he's, he's done enough to, to forget Twilight and people are going, you know what, I'll give him a chance because he's shown that he can do different things. Like his accent in this is, it's not quite English. Yeah. Is it? Well, he's, quite... he's, he's a native English speaker. Yeah, but, he's, right? but it's, not quite, it's not quite English and it's not quite American. Yeah. He throws something in there to make it really different. And I, I, love, I, I love how they just throw you in there. Like the guy, I love how they, these, these movies just show you uh, like secret agents being secret agents. Yeah. Tom, Pat, Robert Pattinson's like, we got to do this, 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 and this. And then the next scene, he's like, yep, I'm, a, I'm a now a suave businessman. And I walk in, then I have a gas mask, and then I can, tell you, I can fight. And there's no explanation. It's just like, this guy knows what he's doing. And, and this, this movie drops you into a siege almost immediately without any real understanding of what's, what's happening. So we're watching a siege happen. We know that these guys are not genuine operatives of whatever that that's yeah. happening, but there's terrorists and there's a siege and they're go they're going in for some reason, and it doesn't give you explanation about what's happening, but you get sweeping visuals, and mm. and this incredible kind of auditorium, this 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 opera chaos is chaos, absolute chaos, and so you immediately know something's up, but you can't put your finger on what it is. And and you you're with the protagonist the whole way, but you're not really sure if he's the good guy, if he's the bad guy, what his main goal is. You just have no idea. Is it a real terrorist threat? Is it staged? Um, you know something's hinky when he gets saved, and it, it seems like there's a reversing sound rather than a bullet. It yeah. sounds reverse, so you're kind of like, well, what's that's weird. What did I just hear? And so you're kind of questioning yourself straight away. And so it doesn't really let up in terms of it doesn't give you the answers that you're craving throughout the most of the movie there's no there's no real someone no one gets a whiteboard and says this is how time works and this is like you don't see any of that but then you get taken to like a weird wind farm and he's put into a into a bedroom in a wind tunnel or wind turbine and then he gets taken to explained the reverse theory and how reverse magnetism bullets work like it's they really just throw you into the deep end with no no holding your hand yeah, and I, and I love that. I, I love... My problem is that in Inception, I, 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 I'm going to say really bad, but I walk out of Inception going, I understand that. And people who don't understand that, let me explain it to you. With this one, I walked out of it going, can someone please explain this to me? Because I have no idea what the hell's going on. Yeah, I mean, I, I love being challenged when I watch movies. And, and I love being... I, I hate when people feel the need to hold your hand. And, and and directors will often do that. And they, they insert a scene where there's a dude in a lab coat. It's like, this is, let me, let me give you an, an example. And then they do like a really, a real world example of, let's say I have a window and let's say someone shoots that window. And like, it's, it, you, you, you know, oh, so it's like baseball. And it, that shits me up the wall where they simplify yeah. it. There's no simplification here. No. It's, it's, you're learning along with the protagonist. Like he, he doesn't understand this shit either. And they're like, this is how it works. Just, just go with it. Everyone kind of understands bits and pieces. And so the, the overarching kind of theory is, well, who's making the protagonist do this? Who's, who's giving these orders? What, what is this shadow organization? You know, you kind of just accept, well, I just accepted that we're seeing backwards and forwards. And unless I could actually get a piece of paper and draw it myself, I'd have no idea where people are actually. But there's enough of it to understand that it's, at some point he's going forward. At the same point, someone is going backwards and Kenneth Branagh clearly as the bad guy 
has harnessed this technology better than he has because he's he's been doing it for so long where our protagonist hasn't. And so you understand that he's going to be using bits and pieces. And then peppered with that, you just get a bunch of really amazing set pieces. Yeah. You get the siege, you get the you get the uh the chase on the freeway, the heist, the mid the mid freeway heist. You get a bunch of these set pieces that you get to see and then the massive kind of saving private Ryan-esque siege at the end. Yeah. Um all done as big set pieces in the middle of this movie. I mean, it's not a short movie. It's two and a half hours. It's a long-ass movie. But I do love – what I love about Christopher Nolan is that he doesn't hide away from things either. Like, it, like that's – I don't want to spoil it too much. But basically, there's a, part, there's a part where they show you that you need to have a certain device or apparatus hmm. to function in the, in the backwards – when you go backwards in time. Hmm. And – when you see it from the going forward point of view, you see people with these apparatus on. Mm. And at the time, it, it makes no sense and you don't really pay much attention to it because there's too much going on. But when you sit down and think about it, they go, well, he was already doing that because he had that on. Yeah. When you watch it a second time, I think it will make a lot of lot more sense to what what's going on and why they're doing it. I will say, without spoiling it, the last reveal was really, really clever. Yeah. I think it was really, really clever. And I like how that the start and the end principle, the way yep. they, once you've seen it, you understand what I mean. The start and the end principle make really makes a lot of sense. And I think, I think I, I really liked that ending. My problem was, and even though I was confused as anything, I wasn't surprised. You were, I think even though you don't understand it. No, I, 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 I understand the general premise. I understand the, the general story and of what happened. The in-between of how, I have no idea what happened. But the big whammy of a surprise I, I don't, didn't I don't, get me at all. I don't think it necessarily needs to be a whammy. I, I, I'm with you. I, I, I worked that out straight away. As soon as, you, as soon as you see that extra character in that section, I knew exactly who it was. Hmm. And then the, the stuff that I've read about it afterwards that I haven't picked up on, um, and I'll have to we'll have to talk off air because I don't want to spoil it, is the stuff that got me going, holy shit, I reckon they're, they're right. And I, that's, that's wild. So there's actually enough in there that if you look at it and interpret it, you might find that there's actually stuff hidden that you didn't realize was there. So I don't necessarily think it needs to be a whammy. I think there's enough underlying current to stuff that you watch it again and go, oh my God, I now get that part. Or I now understand what they mean. Or, oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, well, do you want to give it a, give it a grade now yeah. um, for the people who don't want it spoiled? And then we'll keep talking about, about stuff later and, and we'll... we'll... I, I do. I do really quickly want to say um, the title and a lot of the, all the character names are actually based on the Seder Square, which is a principle was found in the ruins of Pompeii, yeah. and it's actually a square um, that's palindromic, so backwards and forwards. So Seta is in that square, Tenant is in that square, um, Opera is in that square, Arepo. Yeah. All of those are in that square. They're all character names or events from Tenant, which I thought was really clever. I don't know that it tells you anything. But I think it's really cool that that's that's the concept that that Nolan has used um, yeah. to to use to put put those names in there. People still don't understand what the Seder Square is. They found it in the ruins of Pompeii, but no one's got a really good understanding of what it actually means. There's theories, but there's no actual yeah. definitive answers. Yeah. So so oh, look in terms of a later grade, to me this is one of those rare movies that gave me a, a massive whack when I watched it. It's one of those memorable. I think Nolan movies generally are memorable events i can't i can't think of a nolan movie that i wouldn't recommend mm. 
Like I, he's one of those directors who's is just everything you must see and you should really should see either in 4K on a giant TV or at the cinemas. Which is how because, I watched it, by the way. Yeah. I, I did I did pimp for the 4K version. Um, yeah, because I mean I watched it at the cinemas. Shannon watched it on 4K, but again, like I, you watched Dunkirk on 4K as well. I did, yeah. I watched that in the cinemas as well. So um, I will yeah. say, I will say with Nolan just really quickly, 4K with a soundbar is really the only oh, way to box. watch it. The sound design in Nolan movies are always incredible. To yeah, me, important. this was a little bit overwhelming how loud mm. some of the sounds were, yeah. um, and I can only think in a cinema how deafening some of these the soundtrack yeah. and the score would have been. Maybe slightly overplayed here. It's actually not his normal sound designer um it's normally Hans Zimmer that does and you would yeah. you know from from inception wow. the wow it, it is is all Hans Zimmer he actually Zimmer was doing Dune the, the remake of Dune so he was unavailable for Tenet so he got a German or a, a um, some sort of Scandinavian um uh, sound designer to do it it's it's unique in a sense it doesn't sound like a Zimmer score but it's it's very effective and and it plays a big part through it and I think a lot of the sounds were mixed back and forward throughout the whole movie. Yeah. The sound design in terms of the reversing stuff is brilliant. Yeah, I will say it is two and a half hours long and it does grind on you a little bit towards the end. Um, it is a long movie and, you know, buckle in for, for a, a wild ride. But overall, I can't... It's a hard one because I, I, don't, I don't think a lot of people will like it. Uh, I saw... I was looking around... It was. I'll tell you a really quick story. I went to the movies and in gold class, and there was three couples in our in our row. So me and my partner, another guy and his girlfriend, and another couple over the other side. And I looked over at one point, and my partner was asleep. His partner was asleep, and the other one was clearly not interested in the movie. And then all three guys had the popcorn bucket, just munching away, staring at the screen. I think it's probably. I just. I think if you if you are unequipped to understand what Nolan's put, has put out recently in terms yeah. of Interstellar and 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 Inception, Memento, then I just think you feel you're unequipped for this. Like you should go in going, I'm. I need to pay attention, and I'm not sure that I'm going to understand it straight away. And yeah. that's that's okay. It's okay yeah. to not walk out knowing everything that's gone on and and having to do a bit of research and talking to friends and actually feeling your way through. Some people will understand stuff. Some people will notice stuff differently. I do. I do really quickly want to add Michael Caine's in this again. He's great. Nolan he's clearly. Nolan clearly loves Michael Caine. He's been in most of his movies. Um, he's done. He's done all three Batman's, and he was also in Interstellar. Um, and, uh, and he's in Dunkirk. And he's in Dunkirk. Aaron Taylor Johnson, Kickass, is in this movie. Yes. And I was like, oh my god, that's Aaron Taylor Johnson. I was very <laughs> excited that he's in there as well. He does a great job as well as Ives. Um, the cast is really good. I, I was everyone was believable. I, I really quite like um, the the actress who plays Cat, the the art dealer. That the, she's the tall, man. She is tall. She is tall. Wow, she's tall. And she's um, you'd probably know her from Guardians of the Galaxy two. She plays the very gold leader of of um, the tall one, <laughs> the tall gold leader. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth De, uh, Debecky. She's great. I re- really the cast oh, is really great. Works really, oh, really well. You, you wouldn't, you would expect nothing less from a from a Christopher Nolan cast. I mean, I, I really, I think I need to see this probably twice, even three times, to really give it a fair rating yeah. in where it sits in the Nolan universe. Um, but I, I really enjoyed my time at the cinemas, and I really think you need to see to see this movie. It, it's not a big cast, but it, but the cast that's in it does a really good oh, job. Beautiful. Um, I, I give, I give it a, I give it a B plus, but I need to see it two or three times. I'm giving it an A um, and I would be interested to see if your opinion changes 
then next time. I think watch. I think it will. I think I think seeing it again, mind you, I just don't want to put myself through another two and a half hours. When you look at a runtime like that, you're just like, oh, do I want to watch another two and a half hours? Yeah, but again, if, if you have seen it, if you want to tell us that we're mental or you didn't get it or you didn't like it, uh, maskpodcasters at gmail.com or talk to us on Facebook. Um, we'd love to hear your opinions on that as well. Um, but it's, uh, I loved it. I, I And I Nolan, to me, is is even has overtaken Tarantino in terms of must, must-see must movies. Yes, I agree 100%. I, I just think everything he puts out is so unique, so different, makes you think, makes you challenge everything you know about a topic. You know, I haven't seen a time travel movie like this. This is not conventional time travel. No, it's not. It's completely different. It, it's, it's, it's playing with time and the way you perceive time, but it's not actually a time travel movie so I, I loved it i think it's brilliant um i love he 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 shoots movies like no one else shoots movies no. he, he has an epic scale to movies that i've never never seen in in movies um you know i love tarantino for different reasons um but nolan in terms of actual working directors that shoot the shit out of movies he he is um untouched in terms of the way he shoots shoot stuff yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. all right so we'll go we'll, we'll finish it we'll finish our normal podcast there so if you want to keep I'll do all the outro and stuff, but if you want to keep listening, Shane and I will just talk freely about about what's going on. So there will be spoilers in the next section. So from, um, from all you people who haven't seen it, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we have done a second episode, part A. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that. That's about soul and onward, and uh, and we're doing this in two parts. And uh, and also uh, we 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 forward Sears Good Forward promoted our hundredth episode, which we're working on feverishly to get done. So um, hopefully you'll be able to tune in for that. We are have put a call out uh, for any contributors that people want to jump in, send us a question, a comment, want to, want to, want us to read anything out on air. If you want to send us an audio clip, we'll, we'll put that in. If you want to challenge anything we've said, if you want to, if you want to come on, come on to the podcast, it's really, it's really, really easy. Don't think you need a big setup. You don't need a big microphone. All you need really is a pair of headphones with, with a microphone and access to the internet and a, and a, your web, a web browser. And we'll be able to get you on and have a, a quick five minute conversation. If you're brave enough. Yes. So all the, all you detractors that have chipped us from the sidelines, this is your time to come out uh, and, and let us know what you think. Um, but from me, thank you very much uh, for listening and uh, from a very confused Jake. I have not, nothing to say. Sound so of confused, and that's exactly I'm what. so confused. It's a sound of confusion. I mean he's an impersonator, a fake. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you the following urgent announcement. You, yes you, put down that oversized bottle of scrumpy and listen here. Do you like being entertained? Do you like television? Do you cringe at culturally insensitive, sexist, racist, problematic jokes in not quite old enough television shows? Do you like old-timey announcers who keep asking inane rhetorical questions, who go on and on so much that you just want to suck them right in the gusset? Do you like the letter H? Well, do we have the show for you. Built for people who love TV where three rapscallions dissect two television shows, one old and one not so old, for a probable audience of one, seven. So dust off your flares, jump off your chamber pot, and a third old-timey product joke, it's time for Hardly TV History. So, the ending. Yep. Which which part are you talking about? The ending where he reveals that they've been working together for a long time, or the reveal that he actually shoots it in the back of the cat? Uh, no, no. I, I thought I thought the, the the Robert Patterson. I'm going back in to save your life, to 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 make this happen. That yeah. that that whole thing. I was I saw from the start. 
oh, yeah, so right. yeah, to 100%. go well he's the he's obviously the blue soldier that's laying yeah of course yeah and it's the fake out he was he was red red team he fakes he goes back to go to blue team so that he can yeah. make that switch to go and kill himself that it all happens he unlocks the, the gate blah 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 blah. i saw all that coming yes. um and to me the the, the the tying up loose ends with her is inconsequential it doesn't make any difference yep. to me whether he goes yep. kills her or not i didn't even give her a second thought and i was like even in the end i was like why do you need to tie tie her loose ends who gives a shit right yeah. um the thing that i found really interesting the stuff i've been reading is that this everyone has 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 said and there's enough in it to to, to look at it is that uh, 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 Neil, the uh, the character played by Robert Patterson, is mm-hmm. actually um, Max, the, the kid. Max, the son, the son early on. Yeah, yeah. Max, Max, Maximilian Neil. Yeah, yeah. And, and the reverse of the of the last part of that name yeah. becomes Neil. Um, I wouldn't have even picked that up and I wouldn't have even thought about it. Well, I mean, that, the, the, that, that theory makes me question, because they're not really going back in time that far. So that, that's a that's a big leap from him being an adult, like well and truly into his adult, when he should be. I just don't understand how the time travel. So, so I mean, what, what they're saying is effectively he's been looking over him, and then at some stage takes him, recruits him to become an agent with his. Yeah, but with yeah, but how does he go back? How does he go back that far? He, he doesn't need to go back. He go. He's he's literally sitting. He he is protecting him for his his whole life. So they they have been friends. He's not, like yeah, yeah I, I, I get what you, I get what you're saying. But Neil is an old is is a forty year old or thirty five year old man. When Max is also a child at the same time, so they they don't show that much time travel, if you will. Like that that's a that's a big change compared to what they normally do, which is only a few hours or a few weeks time travel going backwards. They don't do a that big a leap of time, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. I, I I get what you're saying. I think you know it's again these are all up for debate in terms of how that how that works. And I think you know you really do need a timeline structure to understand where people are and how they're reversed and not reversed and how that all works. Mm-hmm. You know the fight sequence that you see, and and you see Robert Patterson go one way and you see our protagonist go the other, and you know he he. Robert Patterson says he he's dealt with it because the reveal later on is of course that he's they're both the same person, yeah, uh, and they're both the protagonist, yeah. So they, they end up fighting themselves, um, yeah, which is he's a, he's a brilliant set piece. You know, I kind of guess I kind of guess that as well. Well, at the time when you saw them fighting, it, oh like, yeah, no, at the time, yeah, yeah, no. So idea. I I just I was just like, oh, I'll let that wash over me, um, and then we see him slide out of the, um, of the of the garage door. Um, yeah, it's actually blown into the garage door. Yeah, it's 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 a fascinating look, and I, it's one of those things. I just don't think you need to understand it. I just think you can let it wash over you and go, okay, what did I see, and what parts am I not getting? There, there's enough action, and to, it's it's how I want James Bond to be. I like to, I like James Bond to be a bit more high high concept, but I don't think over the top confusing is is the way to go. I just. I feel like Christopher Nolan kind of flexed his muscle here and was like, "Well, I'm gonna that you thought you thought Inception was confusing. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna really mess you up here. I'm gonna yeah. take it take it to thirteen and really mess you up." I, I, I look, I was with you. I don't really understand people who who watched Inception and went, "I just don't. I can't understand that at all." You certainly need to rewatch it, and there's a lot of high concept stuff happening, but the dream within the dream within the dream makes sense. And, and so, how time 
work differently at different yeah. stages. Yeah, and so, yeah. so that, that all made sense to me watching it the first time around, but certainly it, it helps repeat viewings to understand what they're talking about. Um, it's, it's a very high-concept movie, and, and Nolan is pumping out high-concept movies movie after movie after movie. In fact, the Dark Knight trilogy is, is his only linear story mm. that we've seen. Like, it, it has a start, middle, and end, and it, and it runs sequentially, and it makes sense. I mean, imagine Nolan going back to the Batverse and doing something like this. Oh, well, you, you, you couldn't. Well, you could. Because I think you'd have to dumb it down a little bit. And I mean, look at look at what Into the Spider-Verse did in terms of its oh, its its sequential time time traveling and the things the time shifting there, um, and different universes. That that's a fascinating concept, and it allows you to do anything with Spider-Man. It allows you to do anything with Batman. I it, it kind of now looking back at those Batman trilogies, you're kind of like, well, is that all we got? Like Nolan Nolan's operating on a different planet. To the rest of us, but but man, realistically, listen to listen to the the what Nolan's done. So he's done following, which I haven't seen. Memento, Insomnia, I haven't seen. And, uh, Insomnia is very is very could have been anyone, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, then you got Batman Begins. Then you've got The Prestige. Yeah, amazing which film, is one, which is one of the best movies of all time. A Dark Knight, Inception, Dark Knight Rises, Interstellar, Dunkirk, and then Tenet. Yeah, like is is there a better list of movies from a director? Yeah, I mean the one thing I will say is he's playing with the same stuff. I mean, yeah. a lot of those films are time travel or sort of a bait and switch type stuff. Um, you know, but 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 realistically, there's the, like even if you were going to watch them back to back to back, oh, it's an incredible list. I don't think there's there's a director that's got other than maybe Tarantino's got that many hits under their belt. No, I mean he's I mean he's got sixteen credits, but a lot of those are shorts. So, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. He's got eleven movies. Like first class movies. Yeah. And I'd say at least ten of them are an A. Or A plus. Uh, he 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 is appointment booking. Like if he puts something out, I'll watch it. Yeah. And I'll try and get to the movies to see it. Because he, he he writes basically all his own stuff too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, it's him and Tarantino at the moment. I think the Coens are doing interest interesting stuff all the time, but they're hit and miss. Yeah. So I, I, I I'm 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 blown away why why he he's he's un, he's in another tier when it comes to shooting stuff. He, the oh, scale the, and- the, the the visual is just is just breathtaking the scale of it is incredible you, you, i mean interstellar's like that and and interstellar's really hard to wrap your head around as well really yeah. really hard to wrap your head around so yeah I, I can't i can't recommend this more highly enough i i love this film i thought it was, I, yeah. I walked out of it going i'm not sure if i like it because i don't understand it and i think that's, that's one of the things that i, I really struggled with um, in the first couple of hours after watching it. But then when I woke up the next morning, I'm like, I said the same thing. I don't think you need to understand it. No. I don't think you need to, you need to, you understand the general premise of what's going on. But the, that fight scene at the end, with the, with the, with the one going forward, one going backwards, I don't think you need to follow that fully. You see, they have the general premise. And, and we, it, we, as an audience are so accustomed to being spoon fed endings. And we're so accustomed to story structure of start, middle and end. Um, 
people are uncomfortable leaving a movie because they do feel dumb. They go, I don't, I don't get it. And so I'll either just say it's a stupid movie, I don't like it, or they won't just admit, I don't understand what that what happened and I need to either do some more research, see it again. I mean, how many other directors are putting out movies where you consistently go, I've got to watch that three or four times before I've got to grasp on what I'm looking at. That is that is brilliant. Like his movies are infinitely rewatchable because of that. Uh, you know, I, I just think he's working on a different plane to the rest of us and that that is incredible as a storyteller to be able to put something that complex together and make that make sense in in some in some meaningful way. We have to be comfortable walking out of a cinema going, I don't understand it. Yeah, that's, that's uh, for the, uh, and new rock stars does, does an amazing job of breaking it down with the colors and the timelines and stuff. But I really do wish sometimes, like every you know third or fourth movie, he'd do a Dark Knight, where it's just a solid story written well, shot incredibly, and just makes sense. Like, I just wish he'd do that from time to time. Because he gets gets a bit grainy going, you know. Every time you go see one of his movies, you're not going to understand what the hell's going on. But there are there are events like you get a Nolan movie every couple of years, and yeah. so you get to walk into a movie. You, you, there's thousands of movies that make sense that I can watch. I want to walk into a Nolan movie and be blown away by visuals, and and have my head scratched at the same time. Like well, he hasn't, hasn't even announced his next movie yet. So, and that's what you get with him. You, you take you take a movie like Dunkirk, that's that's seemingly a straightforward war film. And he plays with time shift in the way the audience I sees. So I was so fucking confused in the middle of Dunkirk, so confused. I yeah. I, I let and it watch. all came together. Yeah, it, I, came, it all came together. I'm like, it makes sense. I went to I went like about three quarters away from him. I'm like, oh, of course that's what he's doing. Mm. I was like, I have no idea what the fuck's going on. I, I loved it. I I think I would. Uh, Nolan might be a fascinating one to list out in terms of um, every movie he's done and what we where we rate them on a chart because. I don't know how to even rank his movies in terms of, you know, one to to eight or whatever it is. I wouldn't even know where to start. Well, I still I need to watch Interstellar again. I need to watch Tenet again. Um, but the rest I've seen enough to to say where they are. But how do you put a Dark Knight versus Interstellar versus Tenet? Like, how do you how do you do that? Yeah, I I, I don't know. I don't know how you do it. It's um he's a fascinating director. Um, you know, and, and Jonathan Nolan, his his other collaborator, his brother, is off doing TV shows that have done have done really well for themselves as well. So well, he, didn't, he, was, he had nothing to do with Tenet. No, no. Normally, but he's off, he, he's normally off doing he's kind of, normally he does he's like kind of both. Well, see, Dunkirk was just Christopher Nolan. Normally, he's kind of. But but he's he's off doing his own stuff and 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 knocking it out of the park as well. He's he's done Westworld, um, yeah, the first season, the first season of, of of Westworld. But he's he's done Westworld, um, made Person of Interest, which which had its, you know, had its uh, its its fans. He's only, um, he's only got two directing credits. Jo- um, Jonathan Nolan. Yeah, yeah. But he's got he's got writing credits. A bunch of writing credits. I mean, he's not clearly not the visual guy in that. Um, he's he's done some directing in in Westworld, but that's again pretty standard stuff. Yeah, um, you know, I, I, look, I think I think he's Chris Nolan is the most fascinating director working today. I, 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 I you never know what you're going to get with him. Um, so I, I'm, I'm really it was amazing because I, I went into it not knowing a lot about Tenant either. I didn't do a lot of research. I just no, me either. Me either. Yeah. Playing with time and the, the way they the way they 
the way he just throws you into the action is just it's just yeah it's ridiculous. I, I don't know what we can say anymore just watch it just go and watch it tell just us what watch you think. it watch it we're rambling now but just go and watch it because it's, it's ridiculously good and that's the end of that chapter